Welcome to Someone Else's Movie, the original podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, senior film writer for Now Magazine, and this is the other thing I do. First off, to those of you who joined Paul Sun Young Lee and myself at the review for our birthday buddy screening of Jaws last Thursday, thank you so much for coming out and being one of the very best audiences to watch a favorite movie with. It was a great night, it certainly felt like something we can do again, and we'll kick some ideas around. Watch this space. My guest this week is Chantel Riley, an actor, singer, and songwriter you may have seen on Broadway as Nala in The Lion King, or on Winona Earp as Doc's vampire wife Kate Holiday, or as Trudy Clark in Frankie Drake Mysteries, which returns for its third season next month on CBC. She's also currently starring alongside Gina Torres in the USA Network suit spin-off Pearson, airing Sundays at 9pm on the W Network in Canada at Wednesdays at 10pm on the USA Network in the USA. Chantel picked Black Panther. Ryan Coogler's genuinely revolutionary contribution to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a proper standalone adventure for Chadwick Boseman's Wakandan superhero who'd been introduced two years earlier in Captain America's Civil War. The film takes us to the Afro-futurist nation of Wakanda, letting us meet T'Challa's family and friends, Lupita Nyong'o's Nakia, Danai Guerrero's Okoye, Letitia Wright's Shuri, Angela Bassett's Queen Ramonda, and Forrest Whitaker's inflexible Zuri, as they help him recover from his father T'Chaka's death, just in time to see our hero's claim to the throne be challenged by Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger, an American cousin with an all-too-legitimate beef against the people of Wakanda. Released in February of last year to a $200 million opening weekend, Black Panther became a legitimate phenomenon and one of the year's biggest hits. Nominated for seven Oscars, including Best Picture, it won three for Ruth Carter's costume design, Hannah Beachler and Jay Hart's production design, and Ludwig Göransson's original score. It currently stands as the 11th highest-grossing movie in history, and the fifth most successful Marvel movie behind the four Avengers films. That, as you're about to hear, means a lot. This is someone else's movie. I think it was just a long time coming to finally have a Marvel film that was uh, surrounded by a black character, and finally being able to see uh, a black lead in that role you know, was just like a, a breath of fresh air. You know, uh, I'm a Marvel fan, so I watch all the Marvel movies, and I love them all the same, but obviously Black Panther is going to have a special special place in my heart for me. Yeah. I saw it at a preview screening maybe 10 days before it opened. Uh-huh. And um, it was all adults, right? I mean, it was all just yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, you know, mostly film critics, a couple of other journalists. Of course. And I just remember thinking at one point, it was like, what is it going to be like to, to be a kid and see this? Yeah. You know, to see yeah. yourself represented. Uh, Andre Demise was there, and he was already talking about taking a class of school kids to mm-hmm. the, one of the first screenings. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yeah, I, I've always had that. I'm yeah. A, I'm, a, I'm a 51-year-old white kid. Yeah. I've always had superheroes that look like me, even though I don't know that there are that many Jewish ones. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. it was never a thing. I never yeah. didn't think I could join mm-hmm. as a kid. Mm-hmm. And... Just the idea that that's happening and that, you know, and, and Simu Liu getting cast as, as Shang-Chi. Yes, of course. This is, course. like, monumental stuff. It's and big. It, yeah. It's really big. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I saw that film in L.A., and, there, of course, there were tons of events, you know, people were putting on, hey, come see the screening, sure, yeah. you know. I think I saw it, like, three times um, since it's been out, and uh, every single time it was just this 
energy that was in the the theater and everyone got all dressed up wearing their, you know, African garb. You know, I had on my uh, skirt that I got from South Africa and my hat and it was just so um beautiful just to see the culture come together and celebrate this monumental moment and you know, as soon as that you know, the first uh opening scene, of course, everyone is just screaming and excited and it's just beautiful to see and um, just seeing beautiful black faces on on screen and they're not, you know, a maid and they're not a slave. You know what I mean? They yeah. are superheroes. Yeah, and the most, um, how did I put it when it came out? The, you know, it would it would be great if it was a standalone project, but the fact that it's part of this larger mm-hmm. endeavor on Marvel's part that, yes, mm-hmm. it took them, I think, 17 movies to get to Black yeah, Panther. Yeah. But there but he was introduced a couple of years earlier in Civil yes. War and there is at least a sense that this moment has been coming, not that it's just being thrown out as as right. part of a, a second wave of oh yeah, also Black Panther. Oh yeah, let's just throw them in there. Yeah, of course. And I felt like when the film came out, I mean, a lot of us had um the responsibility to share it as much as we can. So I know that, like for myself, I sent my nephew and a few of his friends and just bought tickets for them to go. And then I have another friend, you know, they'd buy out theaters and, you know, to make it, uh, you know, a very important matter for them to go see this film because it was important to them. And my nephew's been obsessed with Black Panther ever since. And I'm like, yes. So was he aware of the yes. character beforehand? Or did no, I mean, yeah, he's I eight. Wondering. So, yeah, you know, they don't really know. You know, they're into, like, YouTube and that kind of stuff. So seeing that and seeing this black face up there and having, you know, seeing photos of them watching and being excited and doing the Wakanda Forever sign, I was like, yes, <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah. So it was just such a, it was so invigorating and just, uh, it, was, it was such a powerful moment. Yeah, and it it wouldn't be as... Resonant, I don't think, if the film itself wasn't also great. Like it's exactly. not just that it's the Black Panther movie. It's a really it's a good, good movie. movie. I'm like, come on, part two, I'm ready. It was, it was just shot so beautifully. You know, the costumes were incredible. You know, even down to the accents. Yeah. You know, they got a lot of those right. You know, casting was great. Um, and yeah, again, it was just it was shot really well. Like even the the land of like the world of Wakanda was like. Okay, like this is just beautiful, and I oh, every time I say this, I feel like I feel like this is what Africa would look like if like colonization didn't actually happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that was something that um, Chadwick Boseman was saying mm-hmm. uh, at the time too. Is that the whole problem, or not the problem, but the whole challenge of creating Wakanda was that they had to come up with a way of avoiding Western influences. Yes, so, right, right down to the way he speaks English. It couldn't yes. be patterned after an existing African accent because those are all corrupted by. Mm-hmm. Western inflection and, and mm-hmm. having to learn languages at different points in time. Yeah, right? exactly. So they came up with some other, and I think the way that he described it, I'm sure I'm going to misquote this, but it was either Bozeman or um, or Ryan Coogler who said, mm-hmm. like, it has to sound like you're making yourself heard. Yeah, and, you know, like really they nailed it then. Sharp and direct. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think they nailed that right on the head because, you know, they speak and you're just... <laughs> say some more you know you're just captivated <laughs> by every single word that is coming out of their mouths and yes they they definitely nailed on that and it has a way of focusing Bozeman's charisma too Absolutely. Right? because his intensity is is adding to it in, in the just I mean there's the way he holds himself physically mm-hmm. there's the whole regal thing he's mm-hmm. the prince of Wakanda yeah but he's also just 
an incredibly charming man who knows it. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. I, T'Challa knows exactly. He's a catch. Yeah, he he knows who he is. <laughs> he knows exactly who he is. He is the king, and he walks like it. And it's just this presence that he has. And he's such an incredible actor too. And just watching him with other things like Forty Two, and sure. you know, like he is just he just you could tell he knows how to embody you know, who he's playing, you know, he's done historical figures in the past yeah. and you could see he literally transforms into them. And so to have this like fictional character now, but at least, you know, you had the comic, the, the comics to, you know, go back on and just completely embody who he is as a king. And he walked, he walked like it. He talked like it. He dressed like it. Like, I believe it. Even now, if he's not Black Panther, he is still king. Oh, yeah, no, Absolutely. He's, he's carrying that. Yeah. I mean, it must be. Uh, I will talk to Simu about this at some point, but it must mm. be absolutely terrifying and incredibly energizing to find out that you have this role even before you do it. Yeah. Because that's the classic superhero story, right? Of like course. Everybody gets an origin story. And for yes. the actors, it is finding out that, no, no, that's going to be you. Yeah. I'm waiting for that moment for myself. <laughs> Come on, Marvel. There's Holler rules. at me. There's stuff to do. There's stuff. There's definitely stuff. Um, there's There's always going to be space. Uh, for us, especially people of color. And, and uh, yeah, just having that opportunity. I mean, I could only imagine how much pressure they must feel as well because they are here um, representing, you know what I mean, their culture and stuff. And But still, how exciting to have that much support from not only your family and friends, but just, like, you know, where you're from, Toronto, and just, you know, the Asian yeah, culture yeah. and, you know, celebrating that and having that representation and, not having it, you know, whitewashed like we had in the past. Yep. And, you know, Disney and Marvel stepping up and being like, okay, it's time to it's time to change something here and take a take this take this step. Yeah. And with Black Panther, it's also very clear in hiring the guy who made Fruitvale Station yes. and Creed even. Yeah. Of that course. you're you're not asking for someone who will just coast. Yeah, that exactly. It becomes a political statement. Mm-hmm. And I I'm so glad he he took this project because I can't even imagine anybody else doing it, to be honest. And Well, now, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, it's just done so well. You know, he better be doing the next one because, (laughs) look. (laughs) I think he is. I think that's why he didn't do Creed 2, which is sort of a reason why Creed 2 is another Rocky movie instead Mm, of a Creed movie. Right. So, yeah, but, yeah, him taking on that project, and not even just the movie itself, but even the soundtrack attached to it with Kendrick Lamar. I mean, that entire, I could, I listened to that from top to bottom for weeks <laughs> when it came out. Every song and just the African influence in every uh, every song that he has on there was just so powerful and just made the movie itself even come even more to life. Well, it's got an internal rhythm, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. got the score that is the classic Marvel hero stuff. Of course. The like, big sweep when they first arrive in Wakanda mm-hmm. and, and it's almost, you know, like, it's military parade music, but it's still joyful and celebratory right. because they really did try to get the proper influences. Yeah. Um, I think it was Ludwig Gorenson who did the score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he's, I know his work from Community, which oh, is wow. like such a bizarre leap. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> what a difference. Yeah, but, you know, like they're harvesting people who can exactly. work in multiple idioms. And when you yeah. think about it, no, he's not African himself, but he's proven with Community, if nothing else, that he can interpolate. And, mm-hmm. and you know, like they did a different genre every episode. They changed right. scores. They changed modes. But it, it doesn't feel like it's... A mashup. It feels organic, like they've yes. built something new. Yeah, it's just it sounded so fresh, and even I feel like it's going to be one of those albums that will just continue to sound fresh forever. 
Yeah, you know, I'm, it's just a different sound. You know, just bringing the two together. You know, the hip hop, and then like the African styles is just yeah. the perfect collab. <laughs> I'm really curious about the sequel because now there's yeah. a template, right? Now you don't right. have to second guess it. You can, you know, what it sounds like. Yeah, so exactly. How do you build on top of it. Gosh, it's like how do you beat the first one? The first one is so good. And, you know, of course, everyone's wondering, is Killmonger coming back? Is Michael B. Jordan coming back? And I'm sure they ask him that every single time he does any kind of interview. Yeah. But, I mean, well, who knows? I mean, everyone was just so incredible. Angela Bassett is the queen mother. And, you know, Letitia Wright, Ashuri. Yeah, and, easily you know, my favorite character. Just, she is just you know. incredible. Like, I was so glad they had her in Avengers, by the way. And just <laughs> having that, you know, that um, comparison between her and Tony Stark. And I kind of love that they made her look way better than yep. him because the girl is smart. Yeah, well, you know, Tony, the technology we have that they, we like. <laughs> guys, I am literally from Wakanda, no, just I, so you guys know. Well, the, I'm from there, it's fine. But the identification is so great, yes. right? Because you can. You yeah. have now. Um, and yeah, no, Shuri, of course she's better than Tony. She doesn't have any of his flaws and she's mm -hmm. just, you know, she's practically from another planet in terms of yeah. tech. And, and it's just so much fun to watch her, as, as it is in, in Black Panther, just that first moment where she absolutely does not take her brother seriously. Not at all. And that gives him, like, his gravitas instantly becomes prideful. Yes. And it's adorable. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, nothing else has the opportunity to humanize. Yeah. I mean, I suppose his, his relationship, his potential relationship, because as in every superhero origin story, you can't actually have a girlfriend. You can exactly. You ex or you can have a love interest. Isn't that so funny? They'll get there. <laughs> but No girl runs allowed. Oh, but then, of course, you have uh, Lupita Nyong'o, who is yes. just, again— refuses to be yeah I'm not going to be that girl that just yeah. yeah that just hangs on your arm and just wherever you go I go no she had her own life she's doing her own thing just as powerful you know and I, and that's what I loved about the story of Wakanda and the land of Wakanda is that they honor their women so much and recognize how much power and strength that they actually have I mean Black Panther's army is a dormilage it's all women yeah <laughs> you know what I mean it's like where do you see that you know, and so that even seeing that as a black woman and seeing that on screen is just is just so breathtaking to say like, yeah, they they honor who we are. They honor, you know, our ancestors, where we come from, and they see just how much strength that we have. Yeah. And so much of the film is about setting up expectations and then just completely undercutting them, which is mm -hmm. which is such a great choice. Too. Yeah. Um, having. Uh, uh, Winston Duke's big speech, you know, like, we're going to so kill you good. and eat you. No, we're vegetarians. The, yeah, the biggest, so good. man. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. And still an incredible, ferocious warrior in yes. his, his whole tribe. But yes. they're also thoughtful. Yes. And instantly establishes them as mindful. And mm -hmm. there's this whole idea of uh, a severed community knitting itself back together again mm -hmm. over the course of the film. You know, no one ever comes out and says it because they don't have to. Exactly. Again, like, there would be a speech in every other movie, but... They all know the story. You know what it is. And that's what it is. It all comes down to, you know, even though it's different tribes and sure, we come against each other, but in the end, we are all one. You know, and I love that that movie celebrates that and, you know, the coming together and just fighting against the, you know, the common, you know, the cause that they have. Yeah. Who happens to be kind of not wrong either. Yeah, that's the other I know. Thing about and then that's that, that conflicting thing. You're like, oh man, yeah. Killmonger's kind of right about that. <laughs> Hold on a second. You know, and it just leaves you like, you know, which side are you choosing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I was I was so I know it's been covered in the comics more recently, but it was never dealt with in the original, mm -hmm. you know, sixties and seventies runs mm -hmm. of the character. It's like, well, 
Wakanda does bear some responsibility for not sharing the technology and for hiding away. And in the 60s, when the civil rights era was, you know, raging Mm -hmm. and uh, the Black Panthers were being hunted and Mm -hmm. and bombs were being dropped and -hmm. and, and on American soil because they were perceived as a threat, it made sense that Marvel would come up with a character and a a backstory that was reactive. That we fled, we kept ourselves safe. Yes. But now we're out of that, and you have to come up with a new rationale if it's going to take place in the present, even though right. the Marvel world isn't the same as our world. Of although course. they kind of forgot that's how it started. Yeah. You know, they've kind of retconned all that. Yeah. But the idea that Wakanda has never reckoned with its own retreat from the yeah. world outside. And, yeah. and this reckoning is not only – it's due, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not just because it was one thing that happened a long time ago. It's right. It's because there's centuries of this that have been – Yeah, it's just uh, – and, and I was so – I was so impressed that they found a way to tell that story and make Killmonger not just sympathetic but justified. Yeah. He's not wrong. He's not. I know. It's so crazy to say, but I mean, he has a he's, very strong point. Yes. He's going about it in kind of an unpleasant And that kind of made me, you know, you're doing it a little way that we probably wouldn't <laughs> choose ourselves. But, I mean, when you've been through what he's been through, the life he's been through, and— you know, having your father taken away from you because of, you know, King T'Chaka. And, like, you know, you're going to have this burden and this, you know, this uh, bitterness, you know. So I feel like he's just reacting most, mostly off of that, you know what I mean, and just trying to find his way around it, um, you know, because he is. He's, he's one of them. Yeah. It's a, you know what I mean? But it's at the same a time, very, it's a choice. Yeah, it's a very human place to come from. Yeah. Rejection and, and anger mm-hmm. uh, shaping a young person's life. And the other thing that struck me watching it, too, is that, you know, this is a film that opens and closes in Oakland. Yeah. Of all, of all places. Because so, Kugler has so to bring dope. it home. Yeah, of course. But the idea, too, is that in 1994, I guess, in the opening sequence, you mm-hmm. have black kids being excluded from something. Yep. And then at the very end, Shuri's there and she's welcoming them in. Exactly. The next generation gets a better shot. Mm-hmm. And, that's so simple and so elegant and, again, not something I would have expected in a Marvel movie. Other right. Other than, you know, Tony Stark giving a suit to Peter Parker, which yeah. is stuff that already happened. Yes, exactly. Like we expect that. Exactly. And I feel like that's what happens when you have um, people of color telling the story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, having them in the writing room and giving them the power to, you know, to tell the story from our point of view and what we would actually love to see happen within our community, within our black boys and our black girls, you know, and because we're the, really the, we're the only ones that could tell that story, you know what I mean? And um, I feel like uh, we're getting into a time where, you know, our writing rooms are changing for film and television. There's still a lot more work to be done, but voices are being heard and changes are being made. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that we are finally progressing in that way. So now, you know, I don't have this, you know, seven-year-old white man trying to tell a story of a 30-year-old black woman, you know, I could actually have a 30-year-old black woman write the story for me, you know, because she knows the experiences I have and how I talk and how I sound and what I go through, you know what I mean? So that's the same thing with Black Panther. You have Ryan Coogler there and just kind of take the reins and be like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this my way, (laughs) you know, and I love that they gave him that just the creative you know, power to do that. And look, it was like one of the highest grossing films, like Marvel films, you know what I mean? And it was, you know, and it it goes to show that, yeah, you know, black people do sell, you know, we do buy tickets, we do see films. And, you know, I know, of course, there's going to be backlash. Oh, it's Black Panther. What if it was called White Panther? You know what I mean? There's all those people that be coming in and saying all that foolishness. And it's like, 
can y'all just sit down for a second? Let us have this moment. You know what I mean? And it's like finally for once, it's a film that celebrates our blackness. Yeah. And it's a story element too. It's not mm-hmm. just representation. It's yeah. active engagement with it. Right? Yes. And sorry, I didn't mean to say not just representation, but it is, it, like, it, it yeah. is more than yep. simply casting blind or mm-hmm. adding in. It is writing to mm-hmm. black characters specifically, mm-hmm. both, you know, American and Wakanda. Exactly. Everybody gets... Everybody gets uh, uh, a role that is thought through and considered mm-hmm. and interacts with all the other parts and, and pieces of the story. Yeah. And then you have, as someone beautifully pointed out on Twitter, um, Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis as the Tolkien white guys who are just there <laughs> to— Is that I, great? Just throw them in there. Yeah. Fine, we'll throw them in. And it gives you a connection to—it's <laughs> true. There aren't a lot of other black characters in the Marvel Universe to throw in other than, you know, Rhodey from the Iron Man movies. And yes. that, wouldn't, that wouldn't quite work because he's military, right? Right, right exactly, exactly. More pol- more political, more smooth. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, like Everett Ross. But the the casting of Freeman and Circus also mm-hmm. means that, oh, look, there's this other— blockbuster billion-dollar franchise living inside of here. Yes. And it's okay. Like, yes. Everybody's cool with it. And it's exactly. All... Exactly. Yeah, that was a, that was obviously a good choice. You know, yeah. Disney's smart, you know. <laughs> they, they know what they're doing, and they know what they got to do in order to get an audience. Yeah. And, you know, uh, but <laughs> it's so funny. I love this one scene where uh, Everett Ross is, you know, he's there, and he gets hurt. Or something. It's like one of those bullets in him, and something. And then oh, they, that's right. The super they bullets. right, and you know he's like dying, and they take him to Wakanda. And I love Sherry. She's like, great, another broken white boy that we got to fix. <laughs> and I was like, yes, sis, <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know why that moment just really stuck out to me, you know. But again, it was just like, you know, yeah, they were like the token white guys in the film, you know. So you know, we had so many years of being like the token black best friend or the token. Hood guy, you know, um, gangster, you know. So yeah. now it's like, okay, we're gonna sprinkle a little of that in there for you guys too. Yeah. <laughs> you still have the, um, you have the characters for exposition purposes, right? Like the guy who gets to go, what's this? What's that? Yeah, uh, and yeah. No one has any time for him, which I love. They're just None. like, just sit down, just, just do this, just it's chill fine. out. Yeah, yeah. We'll give you a little something to do. Fine. Yeah. Fly a plane or something if you want, but yeah, we'll she, do. We'll she do built this. it for him. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> Okay, fine. You'll have a little something, but it's powered by me, and I invented it, and it's my idea. So. Yeah. Again, just <laughs> easily my favorite character in that entire world. She's she, incredible. I'm so curious to see um, what they're going to do with her in the next in the next uh, film, or even if they, you know, if they continue on with the franchise, mm. you know, because now in the comics, you know, she's the Black Panther. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So she, you know, there's a comic where she, you know she is the one. In now. the suit. Yeah. So it'd be. Very, very interesting to see. I mean, certainly multiple suits. We know that. Yeah, of course, right? So, I mean, that'd be really cool to see her as a Black Panther. Yeah. Why not? Anything could, can happen. Yeah. We could all be Black Panthers. <laughs> we could all be Black Panthers. I mean, that is sort of the, the appeal of it, right? It's the, mm-hmm. the last scene in Into the Spider-Verse. Anyone can wear the mask. Yeah, of course. And, of course. And here, Black Panther is, you know, it's more of a royal lineage thing. Yeah. But maybe not. That yeah. That could be knows? it, too. And there's no... There's no reason it couldn't be more inquisitive and inviting and mm-hmm. you know, like find out who else might be good at it but mm-hmm. also i'm not ready for chadwick boseman to stop being black me neither no no, so no, no, no 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 he could he could stay for another 10 that's fine <laughs> it's true <laughs> hope his he's knee, down with that his knees are gonna go at some point yeah, yeah. <laughs> tisha wright will be like 35 she can do it i mean how long has the avengers franchise been around now the whole marvel thing yeah uh since 2008 so we're looking Holy at it's smokes. only been it's only been 11 years 
Eleven years. But how many films have they? Um, twenty three oh now. I think. God. I think Endgame was twenty three. Wow. No. Yeah. Maybe twenty three or twenty four. A lot. A lot. And I wonder if they ever get tired of it. I mean, they said that was going to be the last Avengers film. Right. Do As you believe we them? Know it, though. Right? It'll be no way. Else. They'll come up with some other form of the Avengers. Well, I know they're doing the uh, the uh, oh the Eternals. Oh, Eternals. Yeah, but that's a weird story. Yeah, they're like right. Celestial, immortal god creatures. Yeah, I wonder how that's gonna. No you know, I feel it. I'm just. I have no idea. Yeah, because um, they announced the casting for that. Too. Yeah, Angelina Jolie, uh, Kumail Nanjiani's in Selma it. Selma Hayek and um, Chloe Zhao is directing it, uh, which is bizarre to me because yeah. she's made these. Tiny films with non-actors, right? Uh, like songs my brothers taught me, and and the writer. Okay, and now she's doing this, uh, but I guess it's a Marvel movie. Yeah, I guess it's no stranger than um, the directors of Half Nelson getting Captain Marvel. Well, they right, <laughs> and, and <laughs> right. I assume at this point they just do that to give the actors some sense of you know it's not just going to be yelling in green screen. You'll have right some moment. Yeah, a little more depth to it. Yeah, like I mean, Destin Daniel Cretton is making the Shang Chi movie, and he's, oh he's the guy who made Short Term Twelve. It's wow, like one of the defining yeah. indies of of the last yeah. decade. Yeah, now he's doing this, but again, it's like he can make five more Short Term Twelves after this. He'll have the he'll have the money. He'll have the cachet. Right, exactly. I don't know. I love that they're they're taking a chance on these you know lesser known directors. Yeah, and just getting a different point of view. And what we're so used to seeing with all, like, especially with big old blockbuster films, and you yeah. see the same same guys behind it, you know. So it'd be nice to just finally see a different perspective. Yeah, and I'm hoping, too, that after Black Panther and even the Ant-Man movies, they've, mm-hmm. they've showed a willingness to sort of shake up house style. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, they still kind of look, they have that steel gray and... and right, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. But at least they have a personality. I mean, the... Uh, one of the other great things about Black Panther is the way that it almost feels like a Bond film halfway through when they just pick up and go to Seoul. Oh, God, I love that. And that scene is so good. <laughs> oh, I love that casino scene. Holy smokes. Like, that fight choreography. Oh, my gosh. Ikoye, like, she killed it with that staff, and she jumped off the banister and just bop. Like, it was just, that was, yeah, that was yeah. really cool. That, that was, was actually really cool. the first time I saw any footage from it. I, I I avoid these things. They, yeah. do it, they do it every year. Disney will have a showcase where they bring all the critics in to show them their next, like, ten movies. Right. Bits and pieces, teasers, trailers. And I don't want to watch marketing. I hate it. Oh, you learn wow. too much. You find out things yeah. you shouldn't know because you can never tell what trailers are going to spoil. Mm-hmm. And so I always show up late. And so I can – because they inevitably they'll screen the Christmas movie right after. So oh, okay. I miss the reel and I go in. And we, they're fine with it. Uh, but one year – they mixed it all up, uh-huh. and I got there. I, what I thought was just in time, and <laughs> I walked in. It's like, and now we're going to show you a scene from Black Panther. No, and yeah, it's like, oh, don't do that. I don't want to no. know. But it was it was completely without context. It was right. just the casino scene. None of the none of the car chase. Oh, none really? Of the, none oh, okay. Of the lead up just inside. Okay. So it opens with. Um, yeah, them walking uh, in. Looking at the wig and the saying, wig. I hate get this, this ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the first thing we saw, and it's like, oh. It's not like anything I thought it was going to be. It's not like any That's of the a, other Marvel movies. Yeah. And then they introduce the diamonds and the running and the shooting and the jumping. And it's just like, okay, this actually has me excited. And right. I, can, I just hope it's in the first act so it doesn't right. kill <laughs> it the momentum so long. when yeah, it exactly. happens. But then when it did happen at the screening, I just kind of went – I had this moment of going, ooh, <laughs> I know what's happening. Like, I know what's going to happen next. And it was a blast. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's, and it's, oh, God, it shot so well. Yeah. And again, it's people doing stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And it really is simple physical combat. It's yeah. Not, it's not super anything. And you just get to admire their skills and that yes. little nod between people when it happens yes. and the jumping. And, oh, man. I remember yeah. watching that scene in the theater and people were going wild. You know, reactions and I'm just, sure. oh, ooh, oh, ooh, ah, yeah, get him, ah, uh. All of that going on there. And, you know, so and again, it was amazing seeing it done by, you know, two black women and just holding it down and kicking ass. Yeah. Like, yeah. all of it. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's the thing. I'm sure the thing that Kugler came up with is like, no, no, no. They need to be not just good at this, but they need to take pleasure in it. Yeah. They need to see that they're not scared. Yes. They need to see that they're alive and involved. Fearlessness. Yeah. And, yes. And fun. Exactly. And everybody gets a little wit. Everybody yeah, gets a little even moment. them driving the car, and you have Lupita in the driver's seat. You had, you know, Denai up top on the roof. You can tell they're having a blast. Yeah. Shooting that scene. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because nobody ever asked any of these people to do this before, right? <laughs> right. Like, they've never made an action movie. Right. I mean, Guerrero's well, in The Walking yeah. Dead. She she has some physical some, stuff. Exactly. But this scale, it's like you get to play pretend as, uh, as a superhuman. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, like, you see actors just sort of take to it instantly, and then there are other people who've been, like Peter Capaldi once, I, I interviewed him about, um, uh, oh, Armando Iannucci's movie In the Loop, and, and he had just done the the... Torchwood TV series, mm-hmm. the miniseries the mini Children of Earth, where he talks to these alien creatures. Okay, yeah. And this was years before he got picked to be Doctor Who. Right. Uh, and I and I was just saying, it's like, I, I really have to ask you, you have these whole long scenes against monsters that we never see. They're right. through the glass and they're covered in smoke and they're not speaking coherent English. You're talking and they're not answering. Yeah. And how do you prepare for something like that? And he just said, I'm a geek. I've been having these <laughs> conversations my whole life. <laughs> He's like, oh, that? Oh, that's yeah. my day-to-day. That's but routine. Never, yeah, but he never thought anyone would ask him to do it, right, in front of a camera. Right, now he's getting paid to do and it. you can see, like, he had to play a serious dramatic role, but right. you can see in, in everybody else in Black Panther and in a lot of these, like, Tom Holland gets it in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like, it is fun to make these movies. It's fun. That's why I'm like, I need me one for myself. Hello, Hello Marvel, hit me up. This is what the show is for, to put your voice out Come there. Come on. <laughs> There's there's a second one. I mean, is, is there a timeline yet? Do we know when this? I don't know. I don't think there's a timeline or anything yet. I haven't heard anything. But yeah, I remember yeah, they I'm announced very the Phase Four stuff, and there's like two spaces that are unticked. So I'm assuming it'll go in there somewhere. Because oh. you don't want to wait too long. No, get me in there. Yeah, we gotta um, make it happen, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should do a tweet. <laughs> yeah, I would, why not work for Simu? Exactly. Simu, hook me up. <laughs> you know, let them know what's up. <laughs> I mean, it's a big universe. It's yeah, be exactly. Real. There's so many stories to be told. I know they just cast um, Tiona Paris as Spectrum. Oh, I had not. Yeah, so she will be in the um, Wanda Vision oh, uh, for the the Disney Plus. Yeah, the, the, the TV streaming series. The streaming series. Right. Yeah. So I know that that, that ca- character will be introduced. Um, and I was like, damn it, I wanted that one. Yeah. Okay, what's next? Who else we got? Yeah. Let me dig up some more. <laughs> Hannah John Common was Ghost, right, in uh, Ammon and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. So that's taken. Yeah. You know, who would you, well, if there was absolutely no barrier, who, do you have a hero? Is there someone you Well, want you know what? I grew, up, I grew up being in love with Storm. I mean, I, she was my first introduction to a black female superhero. Yeah. And so I've always had this obsession for her. And, uh, you know, I was a little disappointed how they portrayed her in the X-Men movies. Can't even lie. They've never really figured her out, have no, they? No, and I, you know, Halle Berry, I, I love her, but I just feel like they could have done better with that character. I feel like she was just like, eh, she's just there because she kind of has to be there because she's Storm. But when you really, you know, do your research, Storm is hot shit, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. sorry, I'm allowed to cuss on here. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, like, she's 
I mean, they call her like the thunder god, like the weather witch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's powerful. And I feel like they did not do that justice. No. So now that Disney, you know, bought the rights, they're going to have to recast the X. They have to. I of can, course. Yeah. You know, I know the, you know, did you see the Dark Phoenix? Yeah. I didn't see it. It's not good. Oh. It's just, and it's, it's one of those things where it's nobody's fault. Mm. The material's just played out. This is the second run at Dark Phoenix anyway. Yeah. Because we all saw the last one. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it's just disappointing. You just sit there and think, wow, this just isn't, there, there's a, the, the big midpoint battle. Yeah. Is, and I'm not kidding, they have to cross the street. They Stop. have to get across. They have to go from Central Park to a building on Central Park West. And it is a five to ten minute battle royale. Stop. And we just, I, I turned to my friend and was like, they have to cross the street. Oh, my like, God. That's what this is about. I can't even. It's just so small-minded uh, in what its story is. And it's Dark Phoenix, so it should be huge. Uh, yeah. That character is enormous. Yeah. Like, that storyline is great. Like, I've read uh, some of it in the comics, and it's just like, jeez. That's kind of where Ooh. I came in as a reader, actually, with Dark Phoenix. Okay. Dark Phoenix, and then the next big arc was Storm Losing Her Powers. Yes. Like the Sojourn in the Desert. Oh, my God. That's, like, that's a movie. Come on. Yeah, I guess you'd need to She's introduce her, her first, but that could be her stand. That could be the Logan for Storm. Yeah. And take her down and bring her up again. All yes. The losing her, big, uh, like, losing her... It wasn't her powers, if I remember correctly. It was the, her connection to the Earth that the thing was, yep. was so shattering to her. Yep. So take that away and then make her fight to get it back, and that's your that's an arc. That's a come story. on, guys. Let's make it. We need to write it. We just we should just write it. I'll call Simon. Okay, perfect. He's new. <laughs> it's so weird to me that there's someone I know who knows this, who's like not just knows this, but who is connected to the world. <laughs> I have to stop making it a reflex until he does the podcast, because then you know, then I'll trap him. Yes, but I'll let him know. <laughs> yes, send a good word. You know. Like, you know, there's this girl, this new girl, Chantal Riley. Yeah, she'd be so great. I don't know. We'll find a place for me. Actually, you know, I'll show you on my phone. It's always been a dream of mine to be a part of the Marvel Universe in some kind of shape, way, or form. And I'm a huge believer in, you know, the visionary and seeing and believing and all that stuff. And, like, it's my—I don't know if you can see behind all that stuff, but it's my background, like, oh, yeah. wallpaper, the Marvel logo. The logo. Yeah, so I'm like, I see it every day, and I visualize myself being in it every day, and just keep saying, you know what? If it's not this one, it'll be the next one. If it's not that one, it'll be the next one. So I'm just staying positive. It's always been a huge dream of mine. Oh, that's wonderful. And just, that, you know, like, Lord, make it happen. This is, like, <laughs> this is the whole point of Black Panther, right? Like, that it is, now it's possible. Now it's possible. Now it's possible. Who knows? Actually, I'm very curious to see if they would introduce Storm in the next Black Panther because, you know, they had that thing. They had a thing yeah, going on. Yeah. A little relationship. That's the thing that fascinates me about Flash marriage. <laughs> they did, didn't they? They got she married. Was like Queen of Wakanda for an hour. Yeah, for like a hot second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could never be. Hour. <laughs> but you don't want to get between her and you don't want to get between anyone and, and uh, Lupita Nyongo. She's too I mean, she's ferocious. Ooh, I she, know. she knows what to do with it. It would every be interesting. In I know. Although that's she's not true. powered. She's not powered, no, but she's still powerful. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I still think Storm, a mutant, like a bolt of but, lightning, you have an edge. I mean, come on. And she flies. Guys. Guys. <laughs> I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it as you're saying it. Uh, <laughs> but the um, the world, like, how do you, this is so nerdy, and I'm so sorry to drag that's you okay. into it. But no, how do you introduce the X-Men now? Like, how do you do mutants in a world that's been established so clearly? Right? You'd have to start over. You have to start from scratch, especially from, like, where they came from. Honestly, I think the best film from like the x-men um universe the cycle, yeah. the cycle yeah was logan i thought it was probably the best one they've done um 
I think so. You Take everything away, and it's yeah. Like, and they made it R rated, right? Like it's the end of the world, and he's yeah. Left, and I just thought it was so beautiful, like just seeing Logan just so vulnerable. He's old now, and you know he got this clone of a daughter yeah. kind of thing, and just seeing that dynamic and. You know, everything is better when it's rated R, okay, guys? Let's just, let's just be real. There's a, yeah, there's a little bit more that you're allowed to do, a little more edge that you can add to it. So I think, you know, oh God, who's going to replace him, though? I don't know. I don't think anyone should. I think either just completely sideline the character for a while and see what happens. Yeah. What develops. Because he's, oh, he's, he's always an outsider within the X-Men. Like, That's he's true. He's older. He's different. You could bring him he in came the later in. He came later on on the team. Yeah. So they yeah. could kind of do a little bit before they actually reintroduce him. Yeah. And he's, um, I don't know who can do the thing that Hugh Jackman did. Like that God, physical performance, so that dancer thing. Yeah. He. Um, he's so good. I don't think I've told this story on the podcast yet, so I can tell it now. He, um, he took this one note years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, first time I interviewed him, we were talking, it was for Prisoners, I think. Okay. And he was talking about all the physical stuff he had to do in that movie because he, oh, he plays a character imagine, who's yeah. like physically fighting himself to torture somebody. Uh, he doesn't want to do it and he still has to do it right. for his family. And so he said he was, he was always doing this little thing with his shoulders where he, he was trying to indicate that he was restraining himself. Right. Psychologically, something was keeping him from hitting the guy. And yeah. then when he gave in, he just fully committed. Right. And then he said, like, that's the thing that I learned on X-Men was with, um, with Wolverine – I couldn't figure him out. He said the, the the trick was that Brian Singer told him, "Remember, like you have three hundred pounds of metal in you. Yeah, you're, heavy. you're physically yeah, heavy. That's good. And then with that's the a very first good time he gets out of the car, and Logan is like, oh, he can't carry his weight. That's and it a was good so point. Powerful. That's a good. You didn't even think about that. No, but he's been doing it for twenty that. years. Oh like he's God, been rolling that performance. Years. Yeah, it's incredible. Wow. Please come go, back, Hugh. No, no, no. He wants uh, to be done. I, I know. He's doing his one-man show. He's tap dancing on stage. He looks great. Well, he, can, he can weigh 180 now. <laughs> he shed some weight now. He, can just, yeah, he lost the medal. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see how they would uh, reintroduce it. I mean. You're right. The door's open for a whole new, uh, a whole new generation. A whole new generation. A whole new world. A whole new world. So who knows? I'm. So excited to see when they actually think of bringing it back in. Yeah. I'm sure people are going to be like, you I think know. after Dark Phoenix, they're going to want to let it rest for a bit. Yeah, they're going to let that breathe. First. We know they can use a reboot. Yeah. Oh, God, that last one. <laughs> I know. I wanted God. to like it so much. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. That they was know. not it. They know what they did. They know. Yeah. We all know. Fox, come on, y'all. Yeah. Well, they're relieved of it now. So yes. No, they don't have to worry about it. where proper Marvel takes it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, okay, so while we wait for them to call you and give you a storm. Oh, um, yes, please. I'm on board. Hello, I'm <laughs> uh, I did want to ask, though, what, um, is there anything of, of Black Panther? It seems like such a stretch other than mm. what we've already been talking about, but is there anything of Black Panther that you have used for your own performances or incorporated into your work? Is there any kind of Yeah, or? I mean, I think just seeing the, um, and I think that goes for like any kind of black super, uh, superhero, really, Storm, yeah, Spectrum, whomever, but um, just seeing the utmost fearlessness that these women had in this film and seeing them at the forefront and they weren't, yeah, there was, you know, King T'Challa, but, you know, right there was Okoye right next to him, like her, you know, right hand man, you know, yeah, yeah. and she was right there, could take a hit, could give one back. And I, I feel like I've, 
been so inspired by that and trying to put it into my own work, um, playing Trudy on Frankie Drake Mysteries and being a detective and, you know, being courageous and powerful and walking with a presence, you know what I mean? Even as Angela in Pearson, you know, she's this fearless, you know, uh, woman who is not intimidated by Jessica Pearson, who, you know, we know suits is this, this entity in itself. Yeah, she's got years of history behind her. Yeah, exactly. And no one could tell her nothing and everyone was scared of her. And so it's like, then you have Angela who's like, and so what? I don't care how much your shoes cost or that entire outfit and where you came from. This is Chicago. So what you going to do about it now? You know what I mean? And just that like take no BS from anyone kind of attitude that I felt like the women of Wakanda had. They just, they knew that nobody could mess with them. You know, so I'm like, let me put that into my real life, <laughs> my real, real lifestyle, Chantal Riley's life. And yeah, and then try to, of course, disperse that into the characters that I that I play, even with Kate on Winona Earp. You know what I mean? She, you know, she has her vulnerable side when it comes to Doc Holliday. That is her husband, you know, but she still knows who she is and she still knows how much power she she has. Yeah, I will nerd out for a second for the Winona Earp crowd because yeah. I love that show so much. Isn't it uh, so as, good? As you all know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but that moment when, yeah, when Kate said, like, I did this for you, mm-hmm. that's, there's so much history. There's, like, this is a new person. We haven't really known her that right. much. But, and I guess that, again, is the genius of, of the vision of the show is that it's it's got a deep history and it can incorporate things and slip them in as though they've been there all along. Yeah. But that love story, you know, like, it predates Winona. It predates everything. And it instantly gives her a, a weight and a gravity and a presence yes. in the show's life. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kate has her own story to tell, and I love that they kind of did a little bit of a backstory um, on how they met and, um, you know, even just like the historical facts that we know about the actual Kate Holiday, And she was the epitome of ride or die. Like, I read one time that Doc had, you know, was playing a card game and, you know, the guy thought Doc was cheating and it was, you know, you know, they tied him up and they arrested him and put him up in some room. And I guess they're going to, you know, call the cops on him or whatever. And so in order to prevent that from happening, Kate was next door lighting some place up on fire to, as a distraction to then break into that place and free Doc. And then they run away together. Like, that's a relationship. Come on. <laughs> if that ain't love, I don't want it. <laughs> You know, so like exactly it's that heaviness. That's like that undying, unconditional love that that Kate will always have for Doc, whether he chose Winona or not. You know what I mean? Even though, you know, him, Winona, he loves Winona very much. They have a child together now, so that's a whole other level. But even despite seeing all that, that's never going to change how she feels about him. And she'll always have uh, a place in her heart for him, and I feel like it's it'll always be like that one-sided love. Although I'll know, although I know that Doc does love Kate and will always love her as well, she'll always love him more. Yeah, well, which is like the heartbreaking side of it. I know, but that's what makes her not a villain, right? Like that's yeah. what makes her a player instead of a, an antagonist. Exactly. There's something in there for her. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I love that about writing. I love that about Winona Earp. Oh, the show's so good. It sees everybody. Like, I know. Everybody gets to be a character. Yes. It's yeah. such good storytelling and, you know, yeah, it's sci-fi. And some people are like, oh, you watch sci-fi shows? Yeah, so what? Because even, you know, despite the fact that it is fantasy or, or whatnot, there's still so many human characteristics that we get to experience yeah. through these individuals and their stories. And, 
you know, at the at Acon we had a, a people of color uh, panel, and you know, Varun made a good point where he said, you know, this is like the first show he's been on where, you know, they don't talk about the fact that he is an Indian guy who's gay, who you know what I mean, yeah. or like even like with um, Shamir's character. And how, you know, he's not, you know, they don't say that he's this black guy and he's whatever. He's just dolls. You know, Jeremy. Like, yeah. that's just, they could be anybody. And that's what's so good about the writing. And that's when you, that's when you know a show is good. You know, you don't have to, like, force people to understand or know who they are, what, you know, their backgrounds are, their cultures and that kind of stuff. It's yeah. just I mean, good storytelling. The vampire stuff's important. Well, vampire things, yeah, you got to know background. Yeah, I be biting people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there's rules. That's probably kind of important to know. <laughs> but they did introduce it right off. Yes, they so did. So we don't have to worry about it. Exactly. Surprise. You know, like, <laughs> we knew straight off the bat that sexy pink fog, you know, she's coming. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope they bring the fog back in season four. That'd be great. That would be nice. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Emily, if you're listening, you still owe me Rushmore. <laughs> Am, come on down, girl. It's fun. We have a blast. Yeah. <laughs> My thanks to Chantel Riley, who you can see co-starring with Gina Torres in Pearson right now, or at least Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on the USA Network and Sundays at 9 p.m. on the W Network in Canada. She's also got a new single, Not Anymore, and you can find that streaming on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play Music, and pretty much every digital music platform. And keep an eye out for the return of Frankie Drake Mysteries on CBC September 16th. Thanks also to Sarah York. She knows what she did. You can find Chantel on Twitter at Chantel underscore Riley, and you can find Black Panther on Blu-ray, DVD, and a gorgeous 4K edition from Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment. It's also available on iTunes and Google Play, and streaming on Netflix in both the U.S. and Canada. Also, I messed up in the moment and said the casino scene took place in Seoul, when obviously it was Busan. My apologies, that's totally on me. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner, and elsewhere on the internet at nowtoronto.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, S-E-M-Cast, and on the web at someoneelsesmovie.com. If you feel like leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you enjoy the show, that would be greatly appreciated. Every little bit helps. It truly does. And check out the other shows on the Frequency Podcast Network. There's some good stuff out there. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening. See you next week. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud.